are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer, and I'm glad to have you back. And hey, it's it's been a while since we've had a fan episode. Uh, that's where we turn the mic over to a Spurs fan, and they give us the pulse of the fan base on a couple of topics. So what are those topics today? Well, if you're a Spurs fan, it hasn't been the greatest week, week and a half. You had a full-game losing streak. They win one, then they lost another one to Sacramento. Then you have a when many Spurs fans think that the Spurs were quiet at the trade deadline. And, uh, of course, some Spurs fans, not all, but some feel that LMA walking away for nothing didn't really sit well with them. And that's what we're going to be talking about. The season so far, are Spurs fans starting to give up on this season slash team? And two, the Spurs fans are still upset that the Spurs didn't make a splash at the trade deadline. So who is repping the fan base today? You know him, you love him. A frequent uh, guest here on Locked On Spurs, Rudy Campos of Sweep the League. Rudy, welcome back to Locked On Spurs. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I don't know if I'm a fan favorite, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it. I will take it. Well, you know, before we dive into the uh, fan topics here, I got to get your quick thoughts. Um, just you personally, before we, you know, you give us the pulse of the fan. Is it, it hasn't been really that great few days for the Spurs fan base, has it? No, it has not. I mean, we're talking uh, Spurs or something, and I think, you know, for me, it was kind of a deflation when we didn't see anything come out of uh, the LaMarcus Alder trades, but I felt I had a really good feeling from the day one that he was going to get bought out. There was really no one on the table that was going to offer anything, you know, what the Spurs wanted. So it's yeah. been really tough, you know, these past few weeks. All right, well, let's go ahead and dive into it then. Um, I'll let you pick since you're the guest. Do you want to go with the trade deadline talk or do you want to go with the season so far talk? You know, I think starting off with the trade deadline would be first because as far okay. as the season goes, that trade deadline had a lot to do with how the fans feel. All right, let's 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 dive into that. Uh, uh, for those who do not know, the Spurs really didn't make a splash at the uh, 2021 NBA trade deadline. Uh, you got a very, very minor deal with the Warriors where the Spurs unloaded a 2015 uh, draft pick uh, to the Golden State in exchange for Marquise Chris who eventually would be waived to make room for Gorgie Jang. Uh, but outside of that, Rudy, it, man, that, that was it. There was no blockbuster deal. LMA didn't get traded. The, the possibility of DeMar getting traded, well, that didn't happen, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. A lot of the vets stayed. Uh, do you, do, are Spurs fans still a little sour with the, with the uh, team not making a major move? Oh, no doubt. No doubt there's a sour taste left in their mouth. I mean, you had so much speculation. You had, you know, leaked sources saying that teams like Miami, the Lakers, you know, other teams as well, the Bulls were contacting the Spurs, you know, in regards to maybe LaMarcus or DeMar. So that got Spurs fans excited because you got rid of some aging veterans and you would be able to get maybe a couple of young guys back. Nothing superstarish, but definitely get some young guys back, bring some, bring some fresh air back into this team for them just to kind of fall flat on it. Now, like I said before, with LaMarcus Aldridge, I figured it was going to be a buyout. No team's going to really give up any core 
uh, pieces on their team, especially a contender, to get a LaMarcus Aldridge, knowing he was probably going to be bought out. I mean, you don't do that when you're a title team. LaMarcus Aldridge is not what he used to be. So teams were smart. Wait till the buyout happens. He ended up going, uh, obviously, to the Brooklyn Nets. The one I was surprised was the DeMar move. I mean, I really figured they would have moved him uh, during the trade deadline because a lot of teams are kind of looking for that third score on their team or maybe even the second score. That will help them come playoff time. But it didn't happen. He stayed with the Spurs. It was just a really quiet uh, trade deadline for the Spurs. But, again, we got to remember, the last trade they made and probably the biggest trade they made was, what, Nando DiColo for Austin Day? I mean, they yeah. just don't make moves, and that's that's just the Spurs' way. They never make moves. Well, a couple of things about that. You know, as far as moves, yeah, they don't make major moves, but they have been known to make minor moves. We saw one recently, mm-hmm. you know, Gorgie Jang. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, you know, unloading that pick they had in 2015 to the Warriors. But as far as major moves, yeah, that probably was the last major move. They had little ones since then, you know, like Theo Ratliff, Kurt Thomas, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of deals. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing major like DeMar DeRozan getting traded for a bevy of draft picks. There was nothing like that. But, you know, I, and I know, you know, time has passed since the trade deadline. It's, it's getting close to the point where it's going to be stale now. You know, you can't keep beating the dead horse over and over again. But do you think moving forward that Spurs fans are thinking that, you know what, guys, a.k.a. the team, y'all should have done something because there is a possibility that the remaining veterans, including DeMar, may walk away for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel that's probably a thing that a lot of people are thinking about, that a move should have been made. But also at the same time, I could be wrong on this, but I was thinking about it the other day. It's a possibility that DeMar could do sort of a sign-and-trade, I guess, in the offseason to where the Spurs could get something back. I'm, I don't see it happening. I think he just kind of walks away. But at the same time, what I've kind of preached to a lot of Spurs uh, people on Twitter and uh, fans that I've talked to is the simple fact is the Spurs really aren't a big free agent market, but they draft so well that you get superstar talent just about every draft that they're in. So – I think the development of younger guys getting, you know, pieces like, hey, Larry Markkinen is not really happy in Chicago. You've got young players around the league that are not happy who you can get and, you know, develop them into Spurs players. I mean, they're young, so that's a good thing. But as far as, you know, the fans, you know, wondering like, well, you know, we didn't make a move and it's it's tough. But, you know, everybody wants to make a move, especially if your team is struggling, is on the cusp of the, you know, they're right on the cusp of the playoffs or number eight right now. So you've got to make a move to just push that playoff push, and they didn't. It's really deflating for the fans, but at the same time, it's a business. I mean, you've got to treat it as a business, and we can't do NBA 2K trades all the time. So, uh, Are you sure about that? Because the, 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 the Nets certainly are doing that. Well, yeah, the Nets are definitely in easy <laughs> mode on Dynasty right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I disagree with you a little bit regarding the Spurs drafting. Um, they've drafted well, uh, and then they had a lot of no-brainers, Tim Duncan and Robinson, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and then, you know, good on them, you know, for having the foresight to trade up or trade with Indiana, excuse me, to get the rights to Kawhi Leonard. But as far as that, I mean, think about that. Those, those kind of players are few and far between. Um, yeah. It takes a Tim Duncan level to get you to the NBA Finals. It takes you a Kawhi Leonard to get you to the NBA Finals. It takes a David Robinson to be a major piece 
to build around. And that's a huge piece to get you to the promised land. The, the team they have now, I don't, I don't think that they're that. And they drafted well. They're developing players well. But the jury maybe is still out. Maybe that's closing up a little bit with Lonnie Walker. And maybe it's not as mm-hmm. loud anymore. Uh, Derek White, it seems like he's slowly coming out of what the rut that he was in physically, you know, COVID and the toe, and then getting his legs back. That seemed, and then Kelvin Johnson seems, so far seems to be a, a big grand slam. But as far as drafting major talent to be franchise changers, those are far and few between. The guys they have now are good pieces to build yeah. on, on, and you hope they get better. But we know the Spurs didn't do anything at this trade deadline. Are you okay? And you think Spurs fans would be okay if this team flips some of these young pieces they have now for that major talent? You think Spurs fans would be okay with that? I know majority are probably no. They're hitting the panic button if something comes up. But if you're if you're actually a basketball realist, it makes total sense. If you want to win now, you go out and get the best players that you're going to win now with. Whether you give up a you know a Lonnie Walker, even a Murray or a White. I mean, even if they dangle, you know, let's say they dangle a superstar, a mega superstar, an all-star in front of you, and all they want is Keldon Johnson. I love Keldon to death. Um, but as a business move, if you want to win now, you move mountains to make that happen. If you're in a rebuilding process and you just kind of want to be content with going into the playoffs, fighting for that seventh and eighth seed, this is the team you can do it with so you can build for the future. So it kind of depends on which way the Spurs are looking at. You know, if they want to win now, they make any move possible to win now. If they're rebuilding for the future, they take their chances with the draft and a free agency to see who's available. I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast I think you're really going to love called Death at the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay, writer and director of The Big Short, Vice and Anchorman. Basically, it's a 1980s basketball look, view, and how players like Magic Johnson, Dr. J became household names and bringing a faster and flashier style of a play that captivated TV audiences. But along the way to wealth and stardom, the excesses of the 80s took its toll on the next generation of basketball. And never in the history of any sport have we seen so many who are ready to become stars face tragic death in such a short time frame. McKay is joined by sports journalists and experts who lived through those moments in history to explore this overlooked phenomenon of the web of social and political and cultural forces at play. I'm excited since I saw 80s basketball. I grew up with 80s basketball. And I think this is the time where that angle of the story gets revealed to everyone who is a fan of basketball. If you love The Last Dance for 30 for 30, I think you're going to love Death at the Wing. Search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcasts to start listening today. In this trade deadline that passed, came and gone, uh, you think Spurs, I think for the most part, Spurs fans should have seen what happened, happened. Because Pop signaled to everybody what was going to happen in a nutshell before uh, the deadline um, expired. When he says openly, we don't make big moves. I prefer familiarity um, over change. You know, I want the chemistry over change. Do you think that type of mental process, that thought process needs to go? I think Spurs fans are saying, you know what, Pop, that was great maybe for the big three era, but this is a different time. It really is a different time. And, you know, it's never a shot on Pop or anything like that. Uh, 
but it's definitely got to change. The ways of, uh, of thinking that way definitely have to change because knowing what worked in the past is not going to probably work right now. And that's something that everyone that's got to realize in the front office for the Spurs pop in our seat. I mean, yes, you want to be comfortable, and it's all about being comfortable. They want to make sure that the team gels and all that. Everybody wants that. But also at the same time, you're not going to attract, you know, the stars that you're wanting to attract just based off of that because you're going to get a hothead like a Russell Westbrook sometimes. If you get prime Russell Russell Westbrook and, you know, another star – I mean, that are, that kind of makes you a little bit better than what you are now. You've got to put up with the negatives in order to get the positives. And I think that's what the scares the Spurs front office is that they're afraid to take that big leap because they feel like it'll be a failure, a la Richard Jefferson, if we can remember. Yeah, and I, I think times are changing, or they already are changing, and they're here. You know, maybe they didn't have to make big moves to the trade deadline because they had guys named Manu and Tony and and Tim. You know, that was easy. Uh, You didn't have to make major moves to a roster when you throw in Kawhi Leonard. Uh, So, yeah, you know, that's why you're kind of quiet. But with this Mm -hmm. team not having as of right now, and I hope one of the young guys blossoms into that, into a megastar at the Durant, Harden, Kawhi level, those levels, then great. But I think in today's league, Rudy, you kind of need at least one of those guys to remain competitive. Yeah, you need one to make the playoffs possibly, like to be competitive in that sense. You need two to even give yourself a shot. I mean, now it's all about trios and everything, but if you give yourself two really big mega stars, you're going to be in the title contender talk. I mean, let's be real, the Clippers, you know, they have struggles, but because of Kawhi and Paul George, they're always going to be in the contender talk for titles. I mean, and of course they don't, they don't, they don't struggle against the Spurs, right? They just have it click on all (laughs) cylinders, right? And they just wreck San Antonio, but, Oh yeah. Yeah. You you know, you know, Rudy, I want to ask you this though. And you know, of the, the deal that they made, um, it turned out to end up being Gorgie Jang. Uh, how are Spurs fans uh, receiving Jang? Uh, do they like the move? Was this a pickup that Spurs fans put a stamp of approval on? From from what I've been noticing, it has been. I mean, Jang's Jane, a, a good player. He's not going to be uh, definitely game changer or anything like that, but he can produce night in and night out for you. And, I mean, the thing is, is that you've got to expect what you're going to get from him. You can't expect him to come in be a dominant force on the defensive end, you know, put up some numbers like he's done against the Spurs, uh, put up those kind of numbers night in, night out. I mean, he's a, he's a solid big guy that's going to come in, and I think a lot of Spurs fans see that. He's just someone in here that's going to be able to come in, give him some minutes, because let's be real, behind Jakob, you have Drew Eubanks, but adding Jang over Eubanks gives him, you know, a lot more – it's a lot closer than what we think, I guess. Uh, Drew is still raw. He's still trying to come come around. I know a lot of fans want Lucas Samonic to come around, but those two guys giving them a little bit more time to blossom with Jang there is going to be beneficial to everybody. Yeah, look, it, it was a move, and it was a positive move. You beef up that uh, big man core for San Antonio mm-hmm. uh, tremendously. Here's a guy who can run with the kids, who can make threes, who is accepting of his role that he understands he'll likely come off the bench, and he's okay with that. He even said uh, to media in his uh, introduction that, you know, he puts in the hard work, and if you put in the hard work, you're going to get playing time. Great. He's saying all the right things. But 
I mean, is, I mean, what is what does Jane get you? Two wins, maybe three wins. I mean, what are you saying? Maybe one win. I, How much of an impact do you think he's going to get? I mean, if you're looking at wins and losses, I would say he's right around the two win, plus two, maybe two wins up there, uh, because it, they struggled. You know, when they didn't have that other big man. I mean. Getting this extra big man does beef up the front court a lot. So I think he's good for at least another two wins. If we're talking three, that's a lot more than I'm expecting for him to give us more. But I really think two wins is good. you got to also remember, his teammates, you know, a couple of guys that I've seen them talking about it, I mean, he, he they're happy with them. I mean, a lot of people are happy mm-hmm. with them. And that's a good thing is that the chemistry that Pop talks about is already there with him. I mean, if you bring a guy who's disgruntled, it's not going to work, obviously. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure everybody's happy with Jang right now. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, uh, just a full disclosure, everybody, this is recorded before the second game against the Kings. It looks like all signs are pointing to uh, Jang would, well, at least by now, would have made his debut versus Sacramento. Hopefully he did, but if he didn't, well, we know it's down the road. Yeah, are Spurs fans really believing he is a season-changing move? I mean, you, let's go ahead and get into our next topic then with that uh, yeah. great segue here. Uh, the season, uh, we talked about, the the Spurs on a four game skid recently, they snap out of it against the Bulls, and then they get smacked up against by Sacramento in that first home home series with the Kings. Again, you know we don't know what happened in that second game, Rudy. Since we're recording before that second uh, Sacramento game, but nevertheless, they're not playing well at the home stand right now. They're they just snapped out of a four game losing streak. Um, they're losing to teams that maybe they shouldn't be losing to Hornets is one of them. Maybe maybe the Kings. Eh, you know, that's debatable. But they're just not looking right right now. I've been silver lining saying that, look, we've seen this Spurs team slump early in the season, a four-game – I mean, look, they, they really went through a four-game losing streak earlier this season, not once, I believe twice, I think. And they snap out of it, and they go on a run. And then later on, we're praising them, and all Spurs fans are happy and cheery. But this one feels different. Um, let me – get this question out of the way first and then mm-hmm. we'll dive into the specifics is there a feeling among the fan base that some of them are throwing other hands up in the air like yeah you know seasons seasons lost hopefully they just get better this is development time or do spurs fans feel like this is still a team that can make the playoffs i think you're looking at both sides of the of the fence here because the trade deadline had a lot to do with it once nothing was done at the trade deadline a lot of fans, you know, were throwing their hands up in the air. Season's done. I mean, we giving, we gave away Lamarcus Aldridge for nothing, which was expected. Again, gave him away for nothing. We didn't get anybody in return. We didn't take any bites on Demar, anything like that. We're just going to roll with the same team. Whatever happens, happens. Screw it. Season's done. I've seen that before. I've also seen the same types of fans base that is saying, "We're still number eight. We're still going to compete for the playoffs. This team can still make the playoffs." Personally. I still think they're going to be around the 7th, 8th spot in the West. I still think they're going to make the playoffs, or at least the play-in game for the playoffs. But right. as far as the season goes, for me, it's just about development. People got to realize that this team, even though we've had these players for years already, they're still young. They have not gelled together. This is Kelly Johnson's first full season on the active roster. So he never had all that playing time with DeJounte and uh, Derek White. Again, you know, you've got Lonnie Walker who dealt with injuries and stuff. Again, he's getting his, you know, he's getting his feet still wet. You've got a lot of guys that are getting chemistry together, and that's the thing is it's going to take a year or two to get this chemistry built up. So I'm, above, I'm all about development right now. 
whatever happens in the season, I mean, worst case scenario, you don't make the playoffs, you get into the lottery in a fully, fully loaded 2021 draft. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but you got college basketball, the NBA, NHL, they're in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And it's basically the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Just go to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. They're giving you half your money back. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and use promo code LOCKEDON. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar, you know, the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Yeah, those protein bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it's Built Bar Madness. You want to go to BuiltBar.com right now to see what the matchups are today. Is it coconut almond? Is it churro puff? Is it peanut butter and brownie? Well, go find out at BuiltBar.com who is facing off against who and who will be the best tasting protein bar. And when you go to BuiltBar.com, use Lock15 to get 15% off your order. That's Lock15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And don't forget it. Go check out who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. So... We know where you stand, but are Spurs fans giving up on the season, though? If you ask me right now, I would say yes. I think so. Okay. A lot of Spurs fans have given up just because of the whole trade deadline thing. I mean, All they right. got they were expecting moves and didn't get them. All right. Well, well, then let's enter this topic now. Uh, the um, the schedule. I, I think the schedule is is the make or break. Uh, mm-hmm. The way it's crammed in every other day. They're, these kids are getting a real dose of what it is like to be in the NBA. It's a very unique NBA season. With the Spurs have one of the toughest schedules out there, and if not the toughest. They still have a good chunk of back-to-backs left. That, that back-to-back sets are not done. And oh, and by the way, once his homestand's over, you got to start off the uh, remaining portion of the schedule practically away from San Antonio. There's a reason why they're on the nine-game home center right now because they're not going to be in San Antonio quite that often uh, once this is over. I think that this schedule is really impacting the team, the fatigue. I know they're young, but they're getting a, a, a on-the-job training, as Pop says. These are a bunch yeah. of kids that got the bubble experience where they didn't have to travel. They didn't have to get in a plane or catch a bus or sleep in a hotel. They were catered to in their room. They Their gym was a shuttle ride away uh, to the basketball court. And now it, here it is. This is it. I, I think the schedule has a lot to do with the uh, Spurs um, having their ups and downs or more downs of late. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if there's more losing streaks ahead. I hope I'm wrong. But, yeah, I mean, I just the schedule is just rough, uh, Rudy. Do you, Rudy, do you think Spurs fans understand that? Do you think Rudy, uh, Rudy, that, that Spurs fans take that into account? That yeah, if they do lose some games, it's schedule has a lot large part to do with it. No, they don't. I mean, when you look at schedule, it. To yeah, them, I disagree with you there. I, I really disagree with you there. I think Spurs fans are aware of the schedule. I, you know, they're aware of it, but. Every, I mean, if you're looking at every game, every Spurs loss, I mean, do a lot of them take the time and say, well, they did play yesterday or they played a couple of days ago. 
I don't see any of that when looking at the fans' perspectives, you know, as far as social media goes. It's always like, they did this wrong, they did that wrong, they looked flat, they looked tired. I've never seen it to where they say, well, they did have, you know, three games, you know, a few days ago and all this stuff and three days or whatever. That's why I say the schedule to me, and as far as I've seen for fans, it doesn't take a whole lot. Uh, they're not interested in the schedule. They say, okay, we play them, we play them, we play them, we play them. The more things I see when it comes to schedule by fans is, this is a loss, this is a loss, this is a loss. We could win this one, but this is a loss. We could win this, but this is a loss. That's the way I see them uh, when it comes to the schedule in general. But the thing is, yeah, you're right. I mean, this team has a brutal schedule coming up. And this is where it's going to take it. This is where it's going to see how these young kids are right now. And development is very, very key with this team. This this, last part of the schedule is crucial for this team. We'll really see what kind of players we have with the schedule. Well, you you look at the nine-game homestand. This was the easiest, quote-unquote, homestand. If you just look at by the competition, Mm -hmm. the Hornets, the Kings, the Bulls, they got the win. Um, I think they got the Cavs to round out the uh, the nine games. I, I'm at the point now where I can't even look at that Cavs game and be like, I don't know if they can win that. <laughs> I mean, I'm at that point. I mean, uh, you, you know, because knowing that'd be the night that Kevin Love has his career night. You know, that's that's the luck that Spurs uh, usually go through uh, with the players just having all world games. But I I just think I look at this team right now, and I'm not giving up on the season. I, I think. With now with the uh, playoffs expanded to ten teams, I, I know the the playing tournament, all that stuff is is there, but I think they have enough to get into those into a, a ten slot into one of those slots. I, I just I rather them avoid it all and having to go through all that mess. Look, they already have a cramped schedule. Then they want to tack on more games just to get into the playoffs and get that eight seed. That yeah. that's a lot. Uh, you know, do you, do do Spurs fans think that that six seed? Because I think the six seed gets you in without the tournament. Do you think Spurs fans believe they are still six seed or higher, or has that changed? Uh, that, to me, that's changed. I mean, a lot of a lot of fans are uh, they're kind of already solidified into that seventh, eighth spot in the playoffs, uh, and. To me, like I said, that's fine. I know you got to do the playing tournament. If they can get to the sixth seed, they're going to have to really, really turn up a notch on this next part of the schedule. I mean, especially on the road. If they can get these wins and just kind of make it known, okay, we are here, we're going to compete, they get to that sixth spot, then that's all fine and dandy. But they got to get there. And the inconsistency that we've seen from the team doesn't show very much promise of them getting past, you know, seventh-day seed. But you're right. It could be right around the ninth or tenth seed as well, where they have to go into that plan tournament. Yeah, it's going to be really going to be interesting to uh, see how this season ends out because of that rough schedule, the development, and uh, look, this team hasn't really been together health wise. You had Derek White in and out. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you had um, the COVID situation. Then you had some personal issues with Demar. You know, he had to leave the team for a while. So I'm hoping that once things calm down and they all start getting on the same page, I think that will help. But right now I just look at this team and in the last few games are just little things like why are they giving up so much space to open three point shooters? I mean, they're just, just wide open, you know, 12 or more 
That's a big number right there. 12 or more three-point made shots the Spurs had given up in in five of the last six games. The one game they won against the Bulls, the Bulls didn't make a double-figure or three-point shot. So the three-point defense is an issue. Then you just, you know, where's the transition defense? In that first Sacramento game, it was 20-plus points they gave up on just uh, points off turnovers alone. You know, so mm-hmm. to me, that's just more effort thing. Close out on the three point shooters, you know, get back on defense. If you make a mistake, and, you know, you turn the ball over. We're not seeing that. Yeah. Rudy, do you look at the situation like, well, this is just growing pains of a young team? You know, I, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, these guys are professionals. A lot of them have been in the system for a while now. And we never really talk about a Spurs team and say the word they have. They are struggling defensively. You, you never really hear that, especially, you know, like I said, with a pop coach team. I mean, they're always, they've always been really pretty good at defense that these mistakes that we're seeing on the court are, you know, they're mouth dropping because you're right. Closing out on a three point line. That is something that we've always seen happen. We've had those guys on the defensive side, just closing it out, you know, closing the gaps, making it tough for teams to score and it's almost like playground basketball out there when we're seeing it. It's like street ball. Get to the rim, get an easy layup. Fast break points, easy layup. Three-point shot, hey, I got five seconds to shoot this before anyone gets near me. It's something that's it's concerning. And I, for one, am used to seeing defensive-minded teams, but that's the struggle for me watching the games now is are we going to get a hard-nosed, pound-the-ground defensive team or are we going to get the street well, again? Th- that, that, that's the thing. We, we, we've we seen them play that hard-nosed defense earlier in the season. They they were for, for a while there, they were like top five, top six, something like that in uh, defense in the, in the NBA. That has slipped tremendously. They're, they're almost near mm-hmm. the bottom right now. Because when you give up 130 points to the Kings, that happens. <laughs> you give up that, how many three-point mm-hmm. shots, that happens. Um, okay. So for me, I think it's just communication, you know, commitment to defense, those little things that I think will come. And I, I'm, I still believe that this season is, in my eyes, it's it's a developmental season because mm-hmm. uh, I I I believe down the road, uh, hopefully next year, you, me, Spurs fans will be like, you know what? Thank goodness we had that one season. They can get some experience because <laughs> now look at them. I think that was going to happen one day. I think that's going to happen. You're going to look back at the 2021 season. That was the season of development, and now look at us. We either, mm-hmm. A, these guys have turned into all-stars, or B, we developed them so much, we flipped them into an NBA <laughs> megastar uh, or, or draft <laughs> picks. I, I think that what's going to happen. Uh, Rudy, I want to thank you uh, for your time, for joining on this fan episode of Locked on Spurs, but we cannot – let you go without you telling us what's going on with Sweep the League and what is going on with that radio station you got going in San Antonio. Tell us all about it. Yeah, Sweep the League, uh, we're really concentrating on our NFL draft that's coming up, so we're getting all that work going on. Uh, as far as the sports time, it's every Sunday, 10 to 11. Uh, we've actually just announced that we've got a special guest, uh, actor Tony Garza from the Netflix uh, blockbuster Mariposa de Barrio is going to be uh, on our show this weekend. So, it's every Sunday, 10 to 11, uh, 9.30 a.m., the answer. We just have fun, as always. And, Jeff, we're looking forward to you coming back on the sports time, too, as well. 
Absolutely. Anytime you know how to get a hold of me uh, whenever uh, you need that Spurs discussion. And, and, and once again, your Twitter handle is? Twitter handle is at Sweep the League. And does the, the radio show have a Twitter handle too, or is it just you? Like you just everybody's oh, no, no. on your page. Yeah, just my own personal stuff. Okay. That's where we do a lot of the, the sharing from. All right. Sounds good. All right. Make sure to uh, follow Rudy right now and check out uh, the Sports Dime. When does it come on again? Every Sundays, right? You want to make that clear? Yeah. Yes, Sundays. Yeah, every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. All right. Make sure everybody does that. And uh, of course, you know, give uh, Rudy a follow in case he said anything that ticked you off since he represented the <laughs> entire fan base uh, on this episode of Locked On Spurs. As for me, well, first of all, you can check out Locked On Spurs wherever you get favorite podcasts, whether it be the. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, it's all there. The Locked On Network is well represented throughout the entire uh, podcast fear. Is that a word, Rudy? I don't know. But there's a lot of podcasts out there. So uh, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And hey, if you want all the sports news outside of the Spurs, well, then you can get that in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. The Locked On Today podcast updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So for Rudy Campos, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs. <laughs>